one. Are you worried about how resilient your kids will be through your divorce and beyond? Do you wonder what you can do to ease their fears and concerns through it all? That's exactly what we're talking about in today's episode of the Divorce Etc. podcast. We're the ex-experts, Jessica and TH. We focus on helping you navigate your divorce and successfully moving on with your life. Please follow us on all social at xexperts and check out xexperts.com for tons of free divorce-related resources. Let's bring in today's guest. Sarah Olsher, first of all, is like all the colors <laughs> and all the excitement around her, like her the smile. Her, it is. It's true. There are certain people that just have like this magic zing. And when I spoke to her, she totally has it. She is the founder of Mighty and Bright. And I'm just going to let her explain what that is. It is Mighty and Bright and she is Mighty and Bright. So we're super excited to have you here with us today. Thank you so much. That was an incredible introduction. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so I started my company, Mighty and Bright, because I was in the middle of a horrible divorce, just like absolutely Welcome brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought for sure, like, there is no way we are going to get through this on the other side where like, we can even be in the same room together. Um, and my daughter was just a year and a half old and had terrible anxiety. And she was afraid of everything. Like I'm talking like shadows on the ground and sand and other kids. And I had been working at home and I went to work for like through my divorce, uh, shut my business at the time down. And her separation anxiety was so bad that I would get home from work and be told that she did not stop crying at daycare. Like Aww. it was a, like one of the worst things that I've ever been through. Yeah. yeah, absolutely awful. And so at that point, by the time I realized like I couldn't handle this situation, uh, she was two and I found a trauma informed therapist for her at two. And my ex-husband oh. was like, what is a therapist going to do for two year old? And so I was like, listen, dude, I don't know, but you're paying for half of it. And we're figuring this out. <laughs> and did he have this these this kind of anxiety when she was with him too so it wasn't like it was only with you yeah and she was starting to show signs of it before I left which is part of why I left I thought like this is a sign that's that we have got to get into like a more peaceful household yeah um and so the therapist really I my background's in psychology but I studied grown-ups and so going to that therapist made me realize just like how fascinating kids are. And I just like dove head first into researching them and child development and all this stuff. And the big thing that I came out of this with was that my daughter had no idea what was going on. And so I, the therapist went on vacation and she pulled out this hideously ugly, like, um, Dora the Explorer stickers on like a piece of construction paper that she'd made a calendar on. And she was saying, normally I see you this day, but I'm not going to see you this day. I'm going to see you this day instead. And I said, I said, okay, like, just let's stop for a second because she's two and she doesn't understand the concept of yesterday, today, and, and tomorrow. Now, or even now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like this does not seem like a, like this is going to be necessary. And she said, oh no, it's really important. Like it'll erode trust between a therapist and a, and a child if, if, you know, we miss a session and don't talk about it. And so the whole way home, I had the like wheel 
wheels spinning in my head. And I'm thinking if it erodes trust between a child and a therapist, they barely know to miss, (laughs) to miss one appointment that happens once a week. What does it do that all of a sudden our lives are, you know, she's with me some days, some days are school days. Some days she sees her dad. Some days she sees her dad for, you know, an hour. Other days she goes to his house. Like this must be really stressful. And so I went home and I took some illustrations that I had done of our family. And I just made this really like crazy looking calendar on our wall. And when I tell you it was night and day with her anxiety, I am not exaggerating. And, and I think the thing is, I think it is so simple to visually show this to our kids that most parents are like, that isn't going to solve our problem. Our problem is gigantic. And like, I like, that's cute. Nice work. (laughs) You know, (laughs) this isn't going to do anything. But I feel like so many people listening can relate in Mm -hmm. even other ways that will make them understand this. Like I didn't necessarily have that, but my son was younger and we realized when he was very small, I don't know, you know, somewhere between three and five that he, he, he needed like preparation to transition activities. So so he was working with like an occupational therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, He had like sensory issues and I live in New York city and they're very on top of that stuff. So he had a a physical therapist and an occupational therapist. And one of the things that they taught us was like, if, if we're leaving in 20 minutes, like we need to say we're leaving in 20 minutes, but he has no idea what 20 minutes means. So we got to go back in in 10 minutes and say, we're leaving in 10 minutes. It's been 10 minutes and then it's five minutes. And like, getting him to understand, right. Getting him to understand got a clock that we're that. going from one mm-hmm. activity to the next activity. And also I would think like, I'm going to be taking him wherever. I don't need to give him the schedule of the day, yeah. but I did need to say to him, these are the things we're going to do today. And it, you're right. Like I think as adults, we don't think that it matters and that the yeah. kids are really absorbing it. So I'm hearing you talk about this with the calendar visually. I'm like, yes, me having been through what we went through, uh, it a hundred percent makes sense. Yeah. Yes. And from a developmental point of view, kids cannot keep information in their minds. It's not even a matter of like, they don't understand the concept of time. It's that when we tell them something, they don't have the brain development to keep that information in their head. So it's literally in one ear and out the other. And that's why so many parents of younger kids, especially are being driven insane by hearing mom, 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 mom over and over again. And they're like, if I could reduce the number of questions this child asks by even 2%, my sanity would be like, you know, so much better. But there's there to your point about transitions, like there's little transitions and there's big transitions, especially for kids going through divorce. And many kids, especially those that are like anxious, like my daughter was struggle with those types of transitions you were talking about. And for those that are listening, I'm holding a clock that (laughs) is called a time timer and they have an app for your phone that's free. And basically awesome. it, it's a visual timer where you can see. That is a, been a game changer when, yes. when my son was younger. Jessica yeah. would have taken it out and been like, Jake, look, look, right, right. look, yeah. look. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, it shows time shrinking. And yeah. so the, 
also to, to your point about routines, like making those visual as well, really empowers kids to understand their own lives, like the daily routine chart and the weekly calendar together really empower kids and make them feel like life isn't always happening to them. Like they're right. actually yeah. an active participant in it. have a sense of control, a yes. sense of ownership and over yes. what's happening. Or at least yes. have a voice in it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. They, they're they a participant for sure. I mean, yeah. my son also, probably not even that, like maybe even last week. <laughs> and he's 19. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Don't forget, you have the dentist tomorrow. So now he sets his alarm on his phone. And I said, you need 30 minutes to drive there. So if you want to wake up and get in the car, that's fine. Or you want coffee, whatever. But you need 30 minutes to get there on time. Mm -hmm. So he sets the alarm on his phone. And honestly, he's been away at school and he shows up to class as far as I know. Somehow. (laughs) He showed up. He had attendance. And so it, it does actually work. But if I think back, my kids were eight, six, and four. I would prepare my kids the night before for what was happening the next day. Right. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so today of school, what do we need? Well, you know, make sure they have all their stuff for school. And then their dad always picked them up from our house. But my one daughter liked to have everything packed in advance. Mm -hmm. So we would actually pack it the night before. Yeah. You wouldn't have to come home and pack it and stuff like that. I really want to wear this dress to this party, especially if they were gone for the weekend, Mm -hmm. there was going to be a birthday or something. Um, It was really the night before we kind of went over what was happening the next day for each of my kids. And it was three different things for each of them. Right. You know, but, but it's, it's actually nice to know as adults too, like what's going on. Yeah. I'm a calendar calendar crazy person. And I tell it's color coded. And I tell people like, if it's not in my calendar, it's not happening. happening. Right. Absolutely. With people about divorce, about um, exactly kind of what we're talking about, but, but from a larger scale, like organizing and, and the logistics, but you're a huge advocate of kids having their own calendar. Yeah, I I think so. I don't know about you guys, but when I was going through my divorce, like everybody kept saying, put the kids first, put the kids first. Yeah. And but nobody actually defined what that meant. Right. Um. And so after 10 years of doing this work, for me, it's it's about just putting yourself in your kid's shoes and asking yourself, like, if I were this kid, would I be comfortable in this situation? Right. Or would I feel like people are fighting around me or what I feel like I have no idea what's going on. And all of these apps that are recommended are fantastic to help parents coordinate schedules. And people think, oh, well, we're doing a great job because we're not fighting in front of the kids and because we have a custody schedule that we've agreed on and we're communicating about it. But nobody's talking to the children. And this is their lives that y'all, yeah. you know, we're all like puppeteers of yeah. these kids yeah. and they're just expected to go along and have no clue what's going on. Yeah. And so by putting the kids first, it means you're saying, 
okay, if I were in this situation, I would not like it if my boss were the one that was just constantly telling me, you, okay, you have to go to that meeting now. Not right, exactly, right. exactly. Right. Like, but even they, the it's a sense of pride, I'm sure, when they have their own calendar. They're like, it is. you have yours, this is like mine. Yeah, but also it makes life me. make sense. It makes right. life make sense to them. And so there's... Often, I call it a connection calendar because the way that I designed this is it's a metal calendar with these magnetic, um, like glass magnets, and then they have stickers that go on and off of them. So each week you're sitting down with your kid and you're saying you're planning out the week together. You are showing them in this coming week we have dad on this day, mom on this day, we have a doctor's appointment on this day. These are the school days. And then you're giving them an opportunity to, to connect with you, but also to ask questions about what's going on, because they may not even have realized until you sat down and had that opportunity to slow down, that they're actually kind of worried about something. And so, or they're excited about something. What and age so, range is this, is this calendar really for? So I feel like people will be shocked that it can work with a two-year-old, but it absolutely does. Um, so two all the way up until probably nine or 10 with the stickers. But when we we moved to another state last year, my daughter is 12. And I thought, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, didn't unpack the calendar, right? We've got boxes everywhere. And we'd been there for like maybe two and a half weeks. And my daughter started crying and was like, mom, where's my calendar? Where's my calendar? I have no idea what's going on. You do this for work. Oh, and I your kid does not understand what's happening. And I was like, oh, whoa. <laughs> so it's really, and she's been using the same thing for years. So it's, it really grows with your kid. And then once they can read and write and feel like the, you know, pictures are too babyish or whatever, right. she uses a, you know, uh, wet erase marker and just writes in the, in what she's doing each week. That's awesome. We're going to yeah, take a quick break right now, guys, because we know it's hard to find honest and reliable information about your divorce and life in general. So we've done the work for you with ex-experts and our Divorce Etc. podcast. Jess and I had one another to ask all of the questions and figure out the answers, and now you have us too. We are your no bullshit, no nonsense girlfriends through divorce and beyond. Ask us anything about life and all that comes with it. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter to get ex-experts in your inbox and find out all the updates on our latest episodes of Divorce Etc. on the podcast. And don't miss out on information and tips you really need to know going through divorce and beyond. If you want some one-on-one -on -one time with us, you can sign up for a private session. We know that the work really begins when the divorce is over. You can connect with us and get all of this information at www.exexperts.com. We've lived it, so we get it. So the calendar is genius, and I, I'm i sure that's what's, for people who are watching, I'm sure that's what's behind you on the wall. It looks yes. magnetic. <laughs> So, but you also have a series of books. I do. Tell us a little about those. Well, I want to oh. go back to one thing about the calendar that I was thinking about, even as they get older, even like nine or 10. Like I know, forget about even divorce, right? Let's talk about overscheduling our kids in general, right? Mm -hmm. You've got soccer, then you've got a tutor, then you have homework, then we have dinner, then you have bath and bed. You have no time to do anything else anyway. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter whose house you're at. 
my kids like to know or and liked to know the schedule because they wanted to make sure they had time to play with their friends. Mm-hmm. Which days do I get with my friends and look at it and be like, I'm not doing all this. They were sassy at 10, especially my I friends. love that though. That's I literally remember the story. Right? Yeah, it's too much, mommy. It's just it's too, too much. much. Yeah. It's too much. Legit. And then I'm thinking, you know what, then let's not go to swim for like every day for four hours and all weekend long. But I didn't do it. She left. <laughs> and I'm very happy that she did. But um, yeah, it gives kids an opportunity when you see it, just like any of us, when you look at a calendar, you're like, holy shit, I don't even have two minutes to work out yeah. or to go for a walk or to take a nap. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to get back to that because, yes, this this is an essential tool for divorce, but also like as they're starting to have their own friendships and build their own lives and they want the freedom to have freedom, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, to do so with their time. So that also that visuals is really, really helpful. Yeah. We love um, the idea of the calendar thing. Um, but you also like, like I said, with the books, because a yeah. lot of parents are looking for books, you know, different kids of young ages, yeah. how to get through the messages to them. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I think so. My first book was actually about cancer because I was diagnosed with cancer as a single mother, like five years after my divorce. Super Mm -hmm. fun. Um, And I realized in writing. Yes, yes, I'm good now. Okay. Um, But I think in writing that book, I realized how difficult people find really hard conversations. Yeah. And that there are certain things that kids need to know about stuff that like maybe aren't being addressed by what's out there, or maybe we don't realize we should have covered something. Um, And the other thing about it is it's not just a matter of like telling a story about, you know, something that happened and then relating that to your own life. Like kids sometimes just need the facts and they need to know how what is happening affects their day-to-day life. So what I decided to do was basically write a book about divorce that is just straightforward. Like, this is what divorce is. And it means that, you know, our parents are going to live in two different houses. And you can look at it on a calendar and understand what is going to happen. It's not your fault. Like all the things that kids worry about. Yeah. And we um, get to say sometimes right. like yes. those are really good prompts for us because we are in emotional distress, whether you're happy about the divorce or not. Mm-hmm. The process, the business side is hard. Helping your kids is hard. Forget about yourself even. Totally. And so I, I really also look at those books as really helpful guides for parents. You can't remember it all. You're not. There's no such thing as the perfect situation or the perfect parent. And your books really help you come across in a way that you have open communication, you are here for your kid, and it just has really positive prompts in it to help us have better communication with our kids about what's going on. Yeah. And to that point, I have a guide on my website and actually I can give you guys a code so you can get the, get the guide for free. You can just use X experts. Um, And it's an, it's an ebook that you can download and basically tells you how to have this conversation. And the number one thing to remember in any conversation you're having with your kids is just what you just said, which is 
it doesn't have to be perfect. None of us is perfect. And it should be an ongoing conversation. And if you mess it up the first time, no pressure, you can go back and just be like, I wish I had said something different. Yeah. And, and that's the other benefit of having that calendar hanging on the wall is it's a reminder to your kids that you are, you can talk about this. This is not a taboo subject. If they have questions, like you're there. So it really, you know, helps a lot. I think in a, a bunch of unexpected ways. We always talk about the, obviously, the importance of communication with kids throughout. I, I always say how I, I feel like I totally did it wrong. My kids were two and four when I first got divorced. And I and I didn't, I brought it up every now and then, but very sporadically over the, mm-hmm. over the years. They're 17 and 19 now. And I wish that I had been, I was one of those people who was kind of like, well, if they're not asking, if I bring it up and I, am I going to upset them? I don't want to mm-hmm. like wake the beast. So mm-hmm. this is good news. And I just yeah. think that I would have done things differently with everything that I've learned since then. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, having the opportunity at, to know that it is an ongoing conversation and it needs to be, and it's going to be a completely different conversation. Even if you think you did it perfectly the first time, yes. that conversation is still going to completely morph. Yes, absolutely. Based on the ages of your kids. Right. They have different perspectives, different ideas, all of that. So what do you think parents overlook when it comes to divorce and their kids? That's a great question. I think, I really think often parents are overlooking just how important it is to have that like ongoing conversation and to really just show their kids what's going on. Because I think just as adults, we, we, we don't understand, like, unless you're like deep into child development, we don't understand what kids understand. And I think a lot of the time we don't give kids enough credit. They understand way more than we give them credit for. And they're capable of a lot more than we give them credit for. And I remember my daughter being like five years old and somebody had mentioned to me that there, that you could like have a five-year-old take a shower by themselves. And I had a girlfriend come over and she was like, did your kid literally just go take a shower by herself? Like turn the water on and everything. And I was like, yes. (laughs) And then it was like, (laughs) you know, wave in our friends like group, like every kid was showering by themselves all because one person was like, Hey, by the way, your kid's not three anymore. And and, you know, they, they develop really quickly and, and it's like hard to keep up sometimes, but they can understand a lot and do a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, the calendar, the books are really great. We are appreciative for you making them and sharing them with the world because the messaging, as we said in the very beginning when we were first talking to you, I think even before we started recording, was like, we feel like your messaging is so reminiscent to our messaging as well. The whole mighty and bright and thriving and surviving through divorce and other kinds of trauma and yeah. events in lives. Like, you know, you can come out on the other side stronger and be able, being able to see the opportunity. And it really is about, you know, resilience, not just for the kids, for yeah. us too. And we have so many people who come to us and are like, oh my God, but you know, it's so hard for the kids. And I'm not dismissing it, but we are often like, 
it is, but the kids are watching you as the example. So if you're acting like this is the normal, this is the way that we do it, and it's and not make a big deal out of certain things, mm -hmm. your kids are going to be able to flow much better with all of it. How old is your daughter now? Just out of curiosity, she's she's twelve. Okay, um, and I think you one said of that the when you said you were moving, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that it really makes a big difference to just say like, it's okay if this is hard. You know, yeah. it will not feel like this forever because right. our kids don't have the same perspective that we have as grownups. Like to them, if they lose their lovey, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to them. It really is the worst thing that's right. ever happened to them. Right. So if we're, if we're able to like support them and hold their hand through this stuff, you know, it makes a big difference. And, and be human. I mean, I was so happy to be out of my divorce. I was out of my marriage and my divorce, and divorce. <laughs> but, but primarily my marriage. Um, I remember that he was just like, he just made the divorce process incredibly difficult. Been there. And um, I think I just got super overwhelmed. We were at my parents' house in Florida and I went to my room and I was crying. It's just like too much that day. And I remember my two daughters walked in and they were so scared. Mm -hmm. Why are you crying? And I literally said to them, I'm like, it's hard for me too. Yeah. Hard for me too. Yep. I you love know? that. And the truth is I wasn't crying over him. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> I was crying Just over what he was doing weight. to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, leave me alone and move on already, you know? Yeah. Like, just let me go. And but that right there is age appropriate communication, right? Because your that's what putting your kids first looks like. Yeah. It's being honest, yeah. but not telling them every freaking detail. No, right. Oh, <laughs> your dad said this and that. No, yeah, exactly. No, it's just hard. That's all it's they need to know. Hard. And and that helps them to see that when it's hard, it's okay to cry. Yeah. And then we pick ourselves up and we keep going. Yeah. And we hugged each other and that was it. And they know that they can cry to me. If I cry, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's just something. It's all right. That's all. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you again, Sarah. We really appreciate it. And as she said, you can use a code XExperts to get um, the ebook, the ebook, which we will have all the information in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Divorce Etc. podcast with the ex-experts today, then please help us out because when you subscribe, rate, and review, it helps us get the word out so we can support more people like you going through divorce and beyond. Check out the show notes for more info on Sarah, her books, and calendars. And of course, share with anyone you know who can benefit from listening. Have a great day.